0: I'm Asan, and welcome to another 9320 Transfer Talk special. Um, I'm joined by Sam Lee from Goal, as always, and we are going to have a quick chat about a couple of things, and then we are going to run through the numerous questions that you've sent us on Twitter.
1: Um, How are you, Sam? Good, mate. Cheers. Yeah, going all right. Excellent. Loads of questions to get through, haven't we?
0: Yes, we've got a lot to get through. Um, Before we do, though... Quickly, Kyle Walker. I believe that City have gone in with their first bid this week, which um, okay. a few people have said is is on the low side. It's certainly well short of the forty-five to fifty million pound quoted asking price for him. Uh, in just in terms of a timescale for you, now that City have started bidding, yeah. um, I saw that Jack Pitbrook wrote this morning that it's a saga that he could see dragging out throughout the whole summer. Would you go along with that?
1: Yeah. Um, whenever Spurs have sold a player, a, lot, a big player, they've never really made it easy, have they? But I can see I can see the argument that Spurs um, want it to... You know, Spurs can basically hold City to ransom because they don't have to sell. But what I think is obviously they don't have to sell, but this is a good opportunity for them to actually sell. They've got Kieran Trippier, who did a very good job when he stepped in. And it sounds like they've got a replacement lined up as well. So I don't think... And this is Levy, so who knows? Because I've heard he's been difficult. I mean, we could all imagine he was going to be difficult. I've also heard he has been difficult in negotiations. But he's surely he's not going to push and push and push and end up losing 50 million quid or 45 million quid or whatever. Just for the sake of trying to get a bit more, because I think it suits Spurs to sell. So yeah, it, it could probably drag on for a while, but you know, again, we've we've had this conversation a lot, and City have had these targets sorted for ages, and they think they're going to come. I can't see City allowing it to drag on until August because they're going to want them on pre-season. If they don't go with them to pre-season, that'll be a blow. If they don't start the season, that'll be a massive blow. And I just can't see them letting that happen. There's like one part of it is City will kind of spend what they have to this summer to get their targets. And I think the other part of that is they'll spend what they have to, when they have to, to get the targets in at a good time. And I can kind of, I can see why it would drag on, but I don't, I'd be surprised if City let it drag on until the season started. Because okay. that's not that's like two months away.
0: You don't think that the Alves thing, for example, you don't think that might sort of, like for example, if we can get Alves done in the next sort of four or five or six days, or even if we can at any point between now and when the players report back for pre-season, do you think that part of the logic in doing the Alves deal may well be to give themselves that kind of maneuverability in terms of maybe haggling for longer with spurs or do you really think that Guardiola wants all four of the fullbacks in because it's a new process that they've got to go through
1: yeah they definitely want the four um i, I don't know the exact thinking behind getting alves in first as far as i was told um it just so happened that you know the spurs negotiations were dragging on same as mendy and they'd hope to do those two first but it's just so happened that the Juventus thing, you know, the negotiations with Juve have been a lot easier. So that was closer. I don't know why. And I don't know whether City went, oh, if we sign Alves, we can say to Spurs, well, we've got a right back. So, mm-hmm. and you need to sell or want to sell. So, you know, meters, not so much in the middle, but meters over this side. I don't know whether that's the case. It would kind of make sense. Um, and maybe there is a bit of a, a fallback there because. If it did drag on into the start of the season, then finally just play Dani Alves for two or yeah. three games. It wouldn't be such a big problem. But I think it's just a case of, look, as much as City's plans look good and they sound good and they wanted to maybe do the, the big targets first, they probably wouldn't want to say, oh, look, we've got to the point where Dani Alves is sorted. They probably wouldn't go, let's leave that a bit. Let's just do it. Let's get it in. Let's mm. not put all our eggs in this basket and then something changes with Alves because I think Chelsea are sniffing around as well so you just do it and get it done so that, if I were to guess because I don't know the exact reason why they've done it now if there was any kind of agenda to it I just think they'd probably you just get it done don't you you just do mm. it as soon as possible
0: Just in terms of that that Alves deal um, I want to ask you this because it was uh, it was obviously it was a story that broke in, in Mundo Deportivo Um about a week ago, is that right? Was it last Saturday or last? It is this Alves, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Danny Alves. Um, obviously, you wrote a story within half an hour, an hour of the of the Mondo story breaking. Um, what's your process in that situation? Do you just look at the? You know, I mean, I, I'm not accusing you of making it up, but I'm curious. Mm. Like, how do you go about? How does it come to pass that within an hour of Mondo going big with? City are in for Danny Alves, and it's close, that you write a story basically confirming what they've said. Because from the outside, it would be very easy to kind of point the finger and go, well, that was just really easy. You've just basically piggybacked on what's something that's been written in Spain. Mm. Um, So I'm not accusing you of no, making no, no. it up. I'm curious as to what your process will be there.
1: Well, there's, there's a few different, there's probably three different parts of this. The first one is, if you see a report, um you check it out with your sources whoever they may be mm-hmm. um or or even you get the agents details or whatever but basically you know it's it'll be a dereliction of duty really if you didn't because if somebody says someone's signing for man city you got to check it out mm-hmm. um and often well it's also the strength of the rumor as well and but to be honest the other night the alves thing was quite kind of different and I'll get to that why but with aderson it was a Saturday. It was the morning after signing Bernardo Silva, wasn't it? There was mm-hmm. loads of reports yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in in Portugal. And I was still kind of sceptical. So I wasn't really checking it out as in messaging people to go, is this happening? I was more messaging people going, have you seen this? Like, I, I can't believe City are going to spend this much money. And it ended up coming back that um, the guy was justifying it. I was like, City aren't going to spend this much money on a 23-year-old Brazilian goalkeeper. Surely it doesn't make any sense. And what it came back with was... Why it all makes sense, and and you know what I've said recently about City think Bernardo Silva will be a bargain by the end of the mm. transfer window, and because you know they think the same with Aderson because of the market they're in, they mm. realise that they'd be paying sums, so they actually think you know it's justifiable. And he gave me all this, and I went, well, <laughs> what well, so it's happening then? He went, yeah. I went, what? Could it be next week? And he went, there's a good chance. I was like, right, well, there's a story. And then the other thing, this is probably part two of the, of the three, is how soon do you do it? Because you can do it within half an hour and people will go, what, he's just copying them. And I can see that. And I can see um, that people would, I can see why people would think that because, yeah, that can be just how it looks. But the other thing is, and maybe this is just me um, being impatient when I've got information or news or excited, excited or impatient or maybe both. But also the fact that with with Aderson and with Alves, albeit in slightly different circumstances i knew i was right and yeah that's not it doesn't sound great for a journalist to say that and i'm not always going to be right and i haven't always been right i get things wrong all the time but with these two i knew i was right i was or i knew the source was spot on basically mm. so you just think i'm not going to wait because it was a saturday morning in aderson and alves was saturday night and you think, well, the Sunday newspapers, and you never know what the Sunday newspapers are working on mm. because they get information they could be working on it all week and it comes out of nowhere. They drop it half 10 on a Saturday night. And you think, I'm sure I'm right here. I'm not sitting and waiting to be scooped. And I'm not going to have some. And I think, for the sake of people thinking he's ripped that off, I don't want to sit there for 12 hours and then see the mail or the mirror or the sun have got the story and I'm thinking, for God's sake. And now it's going to look. If I push the button straight away and publish what I know, then it is going to look like I'm ripping it off. Yeah, yeah. So basically, if if I'm confident, I'll publish it whenever it is because at the end of the day, I'm that confident in the source of the information. I'm, I'm not bothered. And if people come at me and say, you ripped that off, I can be like, well, I haven't. I, I mean, they would have to take my word for it, but I'm confident enough to deal with people saying that because mm. I'm confident enough in the story. And the third part of this is how many people have been linked to City how many people get linked to anyone and if I, just, if I wanted to broaden my horizons and not just do it about City if, if there was loads of reports about well Lewandowski yesterday going to United or Chelsea I said before on the live chat I was like i got the feeling he's kind of manoeuvring his way out and then I see that and I think that, that makes sense if I wanted to jump on the back of it just do it mm. you just do it Yeah, and then there's so many names, and same thing with City. I think the day before Alves, or the two days before, was Tony Cruz, and fair enough with Tony Cruz, the rumor wasn't a solid at all. It wasn't like it had come from a good place, Um, and the thing with Aderson was it was all over Portugal. Mm. So you think, "Oh, I'm going to check this out," but again with Cruz, um, you know, I, I have I did ask, I did check it out, and it was kind of my employers are probably going to be annoyed for saying this because I should probably hold this back, but I I was kind of given the idea that it wasn't a no when I asked, when I checked it up, it wasn't a no. It was very difficult. Pep would love to have him. And I think I could do that story. But one, the timing looks dodgy because it's just come out. And two, yeah, he would love to have him. Obviously, that's not really news. He would love to have him. And anyone could say that because of, you know, he's basically been on the record and the times at Bayern and wanting to keep him and all this. And also, chances of it actually happening, slim. So, mm-hmm. what's the point? What's the point in, in saying, oh, Man City won Cruz? And then, because even if you don't say it's going to happen, people will hold you to it. People just see a link and think, well, that's yeah. going to happen. And then they come back to you and said you, you said they were going to sign Cruz. And you just don't need to get yourself into bother. But when you know a story's right, why not do it? Why not? Why not just go in and and just not really? You don't, I don't care. Basically, people think I ripped stuff off, and, and I know it's right, and I know it's going to happen soon. Not with Aderson next week. Yeah, fine. And two days later, he was on the plane. Mm. Alves within two days, he was his agents were negotiating his release. So I don't mind basically. But that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. The third one is there's so many reports to jump on the back of, you know.
0: And, and it wasn't
1: just me, but if everyone was doing that, it would be really obvious. Everyone would yeah. know. Um, and even even ones that look legit, even ones that really look legit, um, you can easily get caught out. You can easily, you can get taken along. Like Ian Acho. I, I haven't done a story saying Ian Acho is going to West Ham when West Ham were the only name in the frame because I didn't know. It looks like they're interested and I would say that they probably are because a lot of people have, you know, have said that they are interested.
0: But that's not a story in and of itself.
1: No. um, And also it's one of those where I've got nothing to gain here because I don't, it's done. Everyone knows he's interested in West Ham. Mm. Um, But also it's like, sorry, West Ham are interested in him. But also it's like, there's going to be other clubs, aren't there? So you could go, oh, he's going to go to West Ham or West Ham are interested just by reading what you do elsewhere. You could. there's probably fans who post on message boards who say that, not just piggyback on the back of it. You could do that, but it's not sustainable, is it? And this is I think this is going to be another question that comes later on about me being a United fan and writing about City. People are like, oh, is it difficult? It's like, deep down, I've got no bias that I'm holding back. But also, my only audience are City fans. So why, why would I take the piss or slag the club off? Doesn't make any sense. The second thing is, why would I take a risk on stories? There's no real pressure on me to get stories from goal. If I get them, great. But they're not every day going. We need a line on Inacio. We need a line on Alves. If I get them, fine. They give me that freedom. So you're not so. So I don't want to piggyback on stories. No,
0: I'm I'm asking you genuinely. Like nobody at goal, like you don't. I don't don't... have
1: targets. Okay. Um, Goal are quite forward thinking. So a big thing is social media, an impact on social media, and this. Goal retweeted my tweet today saying I was on this. You know, it's not a Goal podcast. Mm. But they're, ha- they're happy for me to, you know, build my brand, build Goal's brand, just be reliable, basically. Um, and it's the same with, you know, you do stuff on Facebook. I think next season, it's been tried before, but obviously everyone does a post-match, either match report or opinion piece. But they'd be kind of more happy to do a video and put it on Facebook or something that looks good, something different. So there's no pressure for clicks and there's no pressure... Some, yes, Obviously, sometimes I'll get a link, and it'll be odd. It'll be like City link for some 16-year-old. It's like, what do you know about this? I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. And I've got to be honest, I'm not interested in City signing 16-year-olds. Yeah. It's a, it's a mad game because it's always, oh, City has beaten United and Barcelona to this 16-year-old, or Barcelona have beaten Juventus and Chelsea. It's just it's just a weird game. Mm. But they might be the odd ones I get asked to do. But with Ionacho, and going back to the original point, there's nothing in it for me to piggyback on stories and boost my follower count, and go, Inacho or uh, West Ham want Inacho just based on what I've read elsewhere. Because eventually, if it doesn't happen, people are going to think, oh, he was wrong about that. And if I'm wrong, it's fine. But I'd rather be wrong on my own information. Like uh, the Jesus Navas contract thing. I probably went a bit strong there. But I was told by two completely independent, very reliable sources that he'd been offered a contract. And they both said, you know, it's more money than he's going to get anywhere else. So, my probably spin there was he's going to stay. Navas is set to stay because he's been offered a good contract and it's better than he's going to get anywhere else. What I should have done was just faithfully reported what I'd actually been told was he's been offered a contract. I left it at that. But that was two months ago and I've learned a lesson there. Don't go too strong. And very similarly the same week with Tozi nadar Boyo, I was told it's done. It's been signed. And I said, it would again, it would have been very easy to go with set to sign. But I thought, sod it. You have, you have to hedge your bet in journalism a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I've got a good source saying it's done, I'm going to say it's done. It quickly emerged after I'd written it that he went, oh, I didn't mean it was actually done. I meant there was an agreement. I went, fuck. So I had to tweet it and went, all right, it's not done. I've had to change the story. Don't at me. It'll be done soon. Um, and I was kind of concerned that I was dragging on. But even then with Navas and Adaro Boyo, I do not on good faith, so if I'm going to be wrong, I can live with myself. I can sleep at night, if you know mm. what I mean. But what I wouldn't want to get into the business of was reading other people's stories and going, oh, "I'll do that," because I can I can write that up in half an hour and I can clock off at midday and I won't have to do any work for the rest of the day. Because again, it goes back to I'm only right for City fans, and if City fans don't think I'm credible, what's the point? Mm.
0: One question: Have you ever had to? Have you ever sat on a story that it was basically you've ever been told to me about City? where you've gone, nah, that's bollocks. I'm not having that. Mm. And then like 48 hours later or three days later, it turns out to be true. And you kind of feel like you want to kick yourself for not trusting the source or the, yeah, basically not going with it.
1: Uh, yeah, there have been, we've had this um, conversation loads of times, me and me and a couple of mates who run ideas by each other. And it's either you, you check it out um, you, we try and check it out and we can't quite get there so we don't do it. And then it's reported somewhere else and you think, oh, for God's sake. Um, but those ones tend to be transfers earlier in the season. And it turns out, this one I'm thinking of specifically, Gaia at, Juvent- uh, at Valencia, the left back, turns out he's not a big target anyway. They were looking at him, but it was something we'd heard Um didn't do it because we couldn't quite stand it up. Um, and then it come out, and you think that's annoying because now you know you could you, you could get your, your claws in that early. Um, and there's other ones where it's not so much you don't do it, but you can wait and you think I'll keep that story for next week because no one else is going to get that. And it's actually been by the same person, at the same newspaper. And I'm not going to say which stories it is, which person it is or which newspaper, but it happened a couple of months ago because I was like, well, it's not a big story, but I'll wait until there's like I think I've got it in the build up to a Champions League game, and I was like, well, there's no point in doing that. I'll wait until next week when there's no game. And it's happened in the last couple of days as well with another story, which I was pretty sure on, but also, and again, with some sources, they don't want you to say. They can tell you, but they don't want you to say.
0: You've got to tell us what the story is from the last couple of days.
1: You no, no, no. no. Because, and this goes back to the following it up thing, I could have followed that up as soon as I'd seen it. I could have done that immediately. But then... But with that one, I was like, um, the difference with that is that's not going to move as quickly as Alves. Because with Alves and Aderson, I was like, I haven't got time to waste it. This is going to be done soon. This one is, there's been a breakthrough, but it's not going to be done soon. And I've missed the boat. And I'm annoyed to have missed the boat. And I wish I'd have got the story first. But when the breakthrough comes, I'll do that. and I should be, I should be the first person to get the breakthrough on it.
0: Just so that I'm clear on what you've just said there. So basically, there's been a story in the last couple of days about a
1: transfer. No, not a transfer. It's oh. not a transfer. If it was a transfer, I'd do it because, okay. um, and again, with this Danny Alves thing, as I've written for a couple of weeks, I was told the day the Bertrand story came out that they won four. Yeah. And I was told the three, and he wouldn't tell me the fourth. And the, the two main sources I'd had, one couldn't, one wouldn't tell me the source because it was like, you know, they're happy to say when it's out there, but they're so close to what's going on, they don't want to be the leak kind of thing. But they're happy to confirm yeah it's yeah, yeah out yeah. there. Um, so with that, um, I've kind of lost my train of thought. No, I was asking you about
0: the story in the last two days. Yeah, the, um, the one that you've uh, that but, yeah, you but with but that, with you're that not I, write I,
1: it. yeah, but that was it. Sorry, if it was a transfer, yeah, because and again, so I knew there was four centre backs. Sorry, four full backs, but I only knew three. So as soon as I found out that fourth one, I was going to do it, regardless of what happened. And this is what happened with Alves. Um, Van Dijk was, as far as I was told, the, the top target of three centre-backs. And I always said, again, I don't know who the other two are, but I could reel off three or four that aren't. Banucci, Laporte, uh, Marquinhos, and maybe somebody else. And it's the same thing with the full-backs. So yeah, if it was a transfer thing, I would have done it. But it's not a transfer thing. It's, but it's just, it's not going to happen straight away. So I know it just sounds teasy, but the only reason I'm doing it and not giving it away is because I still want to do the story because I've got the information. But I've missed the boat once. I've missed, I'll tell you in a bit, but not on here. (laughs) Um, I've missed the boat once and I'm annoyed. So that goes back to the first question. Yeah. I have missed the boat and it's it's quite, it's a good story to have and I wish I'd had it. Uh, And I haven't, I was beaten to it. But when it does happen, I hope I'm going to find out, and I can I can do it that way. Got you. Well, listen, we've got like so <laughs> many so many questions from the uh, from the listeners
0: that we're going to get stuck straight into them. Okay. First one is from Mohammed Muse, uh, and
1: he asks, "Do you have an update on the Mendy saga?" Yeah, I'm going to keep this brief because everything I've said has gone on for about fifteen minutes. Uh, no, I saw there was that Laten Sport article the other day about it being agreed for the for the fee that everyone seems to everyone seems to know it's forty million. Yeah, um, God, no, I, I don't know why they haven't got there. And may and maybe um, again with the source being close to what's happening, maybe they didn't want to admit to it actually being that close. But what I was told was it's not that close, but it's moving in the right direction. And again, it people ask me every day, and it's all I've got, and every podcast, but it's all I've got. Um when they signed Silver, there was a real hope that they were going to sign three or four more players in the next lot like, two weeks after Silver. Obviously Aderson was one and they were hoping for Walker and Mendy as well. But things have just kind of dragged on a bit. Um and with Mendy, all I was told was um, you know, Monaco, Monaco were just kind of looking for a a replacement. But, you know, it's just it just it's just standard stuff really. But it's just Monaco won did a lot of money. you see the Dominic
0: King? Yes. Um, so what? So for those who don't know, who is Dominic King?
1: Well, Dominic King is the Daily Mail Merseyside reporter. Is he well? Is he somebody you consider reliable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and what did he? The Merseyside did... reporters are typically very good. Yeah. Probably, uh, probably the best in terms of close to the club mm-hmm. and getting information out there. Probably the most consistent. And reliable, I suppose. What did he say about Mendy? Liverpool had inquired and he found out he's going to City. Okay. Um that's and easy. And it was, it was similar, and this is just what I've seen in the papers the other day, but I think over the weekend there was talk that Juventus were going to sell Alexandro to Chelsea, and that might still happen, I don't know. And But they were looking at Mendy as a replacement. And I was like, well, that's difficult for City, although as I've probably said on this podcast before, City think, if Mendy goes anywhere, it's to City. And if he doesn't go anywhere, it's, he's just staying in Monaco. There's no one else. But anyway, the next day in Toto Sport, they said the same kind of thing as Dom King said about Liverpool and that's Juventus went to a Monaco about Mendy and came back and thought well, there's no point because you're going to City. So this is it. It's just, it's just dragging on. And again, I think I probably said this on the podcast. I spoke to another agent the other week, just a chat. It was about nothing to do with City. I went, How's it going? And he went, yeah, good. It goes bit of a pain in the ass for your weeks because you can have a player moved, not set up to move to a club, and it takes two or three weeks. Just small print, and it's just, I presume, because I'm not getting every cough and splutter from the from the negotiations. I'm just getting told it's going well but slow. So I'm kind of presuming it's it's that. And if Liverpool have tried to get him and said there's no point, and not not even to come in, because you remember the other year when Willian was having a medical at Spurs. I do. And then I Chelsea do. went, no, we're, we're having him. Yeah. But seemingly, according to other people's reports, and I don't know, but you know, seemingly reliable reports, both Liverpool and Juventus have gone to Monaco and said, we'll have him. And they've both come back and said, there's no point, he's going to see. I mean, that, that sounds pretty locked in, doesn't it?
0: Okay. Um, next question is from Kev R. And Kev R asks, do you think Tosin has been given any guarantees about any defenders coming in? Will he get more game time? Um,
1: I, I, I can't see it. Although, one thing Guardiola did say last year about the young players was they need to be in a, in a settled team. You, need to, you can't throw in five or six youngsters in one team and it's even difficult to do one or two because the team needs to be settled. And I think what I'd probably say that probably up until March, that team was not settled at any point. Um And if he didn't think Tosin was quite ready, and I mean, look, good defenders struggled when they were exposed. How many times were they exposed and just completely disappeared, just disintegrated, didn't they? Um and this is like Kolarov and um, Otamendi and Stones. They're, you know, they're not top level, but they're more experienced in Tozin. So you think if you expose Tozin to that, it's going to be a bloodbath. But maybe this summer you get the full backs, you get the centre back. I think they probably will get a centre back. Um, doesn't like a midfielder, but you've got more rotation options. You've got Bernardo Silva, um, maybe Alexis Sanchez, probably Alexis Sanchez and maybe another forward as well, you've got a solid team there and a better goalkeeper, presumably, because hopefully for City's point of view, Odesson works out. And then all of a sudden, you've got a solid team there and you could maybe put Tozen in for a couple of games and he'd be more protected and he would have more opportunities to learn. But that said, I'm not really sure. Do you not
0: think he would benefit from going out
1: on loan for the whole season to another Premier League club if that became an option yeah well I think he'd benefit from that in my opinion but also when I've when I've been speaking to people about centre-backs it's been he hasn't been mentioned it's been oh um, company can play with Otamendi and he can play with Stones but Otamendi and Stones won't play together because we saw last year and I think Guardiola's realised that that can't happen um, and then he and then he was kind of listing off all the potentials of who can play together and Kolarov was still mentioned um, I still think a centre-back will go and I still think they'll bring one in. but That's for four. But at no point was Tosin mentioned. Right. Which kind of makes me think he's going to go out on loan.
0: Okay. Next question is from Sherry to Floyd. Um, and Sherry asks, which targets will be signed before preseason?
1: Ah, timelines. And, and again, you know I said about learning, and even learning from two months ago, doing things differently from then. Um, with Aderson, I was right about Aderson, that he was going to come next week. Kind of doubled down on that. By saying on Twitter, and for me up until that point, it was like, well, if I say it on Twitter, and it wasn't like a, I can bullshit on Twitter, but it was like if I've heard something that I'm not going to write, it's also it's almost like if I write it in an article, it's concrete. If I say it on Twitter, it's less so. But I've not bothered with that distinction since. <laughs> but I'd, and again, I'd heard from very good people, the people who the day before had told me about all the silver ins and outs, um, and had told me about Aderson. I was also told, and then by other people as well, that there was an announcement on Monday. So I tweeted, I've heard the same rumour as some of you guys, because I think it must have come on Blue Moon or Twitter. I went, I've heard the same rumour as some of you guys um, that there's going to be an announcement on Monday. And then as it looked, least, looked less and less, like on Sunday, I think it was a Sunday when Mendy was on a plane and you think, oh, mm. maybe he's coming here. Yeah, And Aderson as well, but you think he'd have to get on on with it for there to be an announcement on Monday. And when it got to Monday, I was like, okay, this probably isn't happening, but people have held me to that. People have said there's going to be an announcement on Monday now, and that is not a situation I need to get myself in. So to go back to this question about who's going to be done before pre-season.
0: Say no idea.
1: Yeah, no idea. (laughs) But I'm still going to guess it. I'm still going to guess I'm, I'm only going to guess because Alves looks close and because I was told at the weekend he's closer than the others and it's only because he's probably going to have his contract officially cancelled today it might have already been done um, and then you know that'll get sorted out with City but he's on holiday so if he's got a contract with City and City are going to sign him he's not going to jet back from Brazil but he's been around the block he's 34 years old he knows he can come in two weeks and they'll be waiting for him. He'll have his picture taken. And City aren't like United. United the other week tweeted, oh, we've reached an agreement for Lindelof. And then he had to come in the next couple of days. City do it the other way around, don't they? They get everything done. All Everything's done. Picture's done. Interview's done. Everything. And then they go, here we go, lads. We signed a player. And that's why Alves isn't going to be done that quickly. But by pre-season starting in three weeks, surely, surely Alves will have been done. As far as the others go, I've no idea. Because... Two weeks ago, we thought Mendy and Walker were close, and it's dragged. So, I've been in no position to say about that, but I'm going to guess with Alves. But I don't like putting timelines on things anymore, because yeah. you just get held to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've got I, I, absolutely no control over it. Like, the thing with Aderson, City might have, this is just my opinion, or guess, City might have announced Aderson on that Wednesday afternoon, but half their content team were playing the journalists in a charity match. <laughs> So maybe they did it on a Thursday morning. Yeah, yeah. And it comes down to stuff like that. Yeah. Or maybe at City. And again, um, you know, just things get put back for different reasons. Sometimes serious things are going on in the world and people don't want to hear about football, so you put the announcements back. It's just because of that. Because you can have someone, the pictures taken, and again with Aderson, he was at he was at the CFA on Monday, Tuesday. Pictures were taken. He was back in Portugal by the time for a week. By the time they announced it, just getting things done. So you just you just never know because you, no one's got control over that.
0: Yeah, no. Fair enough.
1: Right. Um, next
0: question is from Crookie Monster, who says, "Any news on Dinea?
1: No. Um, I've no idea. I haven't asked. Okay. Um, if we want to do a quick fire, um, no, I haven't asked. Okay, fair I can enough. I'll tell you why I haven't asked. But why I haven't, haven't you asked? Got bigger things on. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to work out who the fourth right back was up until Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really bothered about you know Dina not going to play for City, is he? Yeah, so, yeah true.
0: Okay, next question. Um, Rob, so at Free8s, or Free8s, he says, do you know anything about these William Carvalho rumours that won't seem to go away? Can you make them go away, please,
1: Sam? Um, I think you can. What I'll say first is I asked last <laughs> night. I asked I asked a guy last night, and his reply was, quite forcefully over WhatsApp, full backs and a forward, as in... Full-back and forward, that is the priority. And then after that, we'll see. But not so much see about William Carvalho. I haven't been able to stand it up and knock it down. I've got my own thoughts on it. But I, un- I understand you've you got a fair idea.
0: Yeah, I'll knock it down. We're not in for William Carvalho this summer. That's, uh, yeah, that's basically the deal. So um, as much as that story has been written loads and loads and loads in Portugal, thankfully or not thankfully, depending on if you rate him or don't rate him, it's, uh, it's not going to happen. Um, next question is from
1: Dylan will Danny Alves be signed today <laughs> no just, just because like I said about maybe if he was going to United they'd have probably said an agreement's been reached for Danny Alves he just needs to do a medical and all that but City do everything at once okay. and they want him in the shirt first
0: uh, Naz wants to know what were your first thoughts when you were first assigned as Man City's goal UK correspondent
1: oh yeah well I, I replied to him with a quick answer The quick answer was I wasn't assigned it. Um, Well, I mean, there'd there'd always there'd always be an interview process, but I I applied for it because I wanted I I wanted to do it. Uh, Why did you want to do that as a United
0: fan? Try and be brief because we've got loads of questions to get through. But I'm curious.
1: It's a really good opportunity. Um, When Gold first said in a meeting at the start of 2015 there was going to be club specific correspondence, I never thought. That I, I I never thought that I'd be one of them. I never thought about doing it, but then um, a couple of appointments started to be made, and I started to think I could do this. Um, I wasn't sure which clubs were still up for grabs. I can't I can't even remember now because it's two years ago. But one of my editors went, this, "Why do you go for the City one?" I went, "All right." And I spoke to one of our correspondents who was just like a news correspondent rather than a club one about you know should I go for it? What would it take? He was like, yeah, that'd be, go for it, mate. It'd be good. Um, spoke to another guy, um, same kind of thing. And I went, all right. I went, And the guy who was doing the interview because he's like a big boss who I hadn't really spoke to, but like a big mm-hmm. boss in in goal and perform, well, what kind of things he after? And he was like, oh, he wants all his social media stuff and videos and Snapchat and Instagram and all that. And obviously you need to – and the rest of the editorial side I'd, I'd had down. I hadn't really had any experience with contacts or getting stories, but the other side of it I could do. Um and just the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. I always assumed I'd move to London. Um, I come back from travelling in 2011. I just thought, oh, I'm going to end up there soon. And the longer it dragged on, the longer I thought, I can't be bothered with that. It's too expensive. Mm. I just can't be doing with it. Uh, and the idea of moving to Manchester, love that. Love the idea of the job. Love the idea of moving to Manchester. Love the idea of the fact that there was something going on at City. That summer, you know, it was it was 12 months before Guardiola came, but I think we all had a good idea. Um but it was just it was just a good opportunity to do this. And I thought, well, if I get in here and give it a good go, then it's just it's just good for my career. Yeah. And basically that was it. Um the the United City thing just didn't come into it at all. It was a good career opportunity. And okay. just I was really excited to do it. And I think you probably tell, whoever follows me on Twitter or listens to me on these, I still enjoy doing it. I was
0: going to ask you, that was going to be my question. Do you enjoy it? I mean, yeah, it's it seems amazing, obvious yeah. to me that yeah, you yeah. enjoy it. Um, right, next question is from uh, actually one of my favourite Twitterers, um, Mr Gingerwig. Uh, Gingerwig wants to know, do you think the holdup with Mendy is due to Sandro maybe becoming available?
1: No, just because City have locked in their targets for so long. Um, and, you know, if they're haggling over 40 million or 41 million.5 then I don't think they're going to go up to 65 for, for Sandro. Okay. I think I think the budget is quite delicately balanced. But no, they've had Mendy. And again, as we've already answered with the Juve and Liverpool making inquiries, it seems that far down the line. And um, I, I can't see that. I can't see that.
0: Okay. Um, now, there's been a lot of questions uh, just in general about a defensive midfielder. Um, so, you know, round all those questions up in one. Do you think that City are going to sign a defensive midfielder this summer?
1: Again, it kind of goes back to what I asked about William Carvalho last night, and he said backs in the forward. Um, and I've asked somebody else, and it's backs in the forward. And then, and then, once we've decided how much we've spent, how much um, on who we've got, and you know, who we've actually managed to sign of the targets, um, and how much money's left, and who we've sold, and all of this, this is where, as I've explained before, you know, the start of you know the first bit, the A list kind of thing of targets that's settled. They want to get those players. After that, it depends on who they did manage to get and how much they cost and who they've managed to sell. So then they'll with all that in mind, they'll look at a centre back. And at the same time, I think the Mbappe situation's on the back burner somewhere. I don't know exactly how far along it is or how strong they're going in, but that's there, that's going on. Um so that's up in the air, you know, for a centre back and Mbappe. That's up in the air because it depends on how much they spend on the full-backs and if and when they get Alexis. So that, there's a lot of variables there and who they sell and for how much. you know, Can they sell Hart or can they loan him? So basically, it's, it's, not a, it's, it's low down and, the list yeah, of priorities. And then, after all of that, and I mean, I was labouring the point there, but for a change, I did it for effect. There's a lot of variables there. And even then, after all of that, after they decide if they can spend 50 million on Van Dijk or if they have to get Pepe for free, only then will they look at a centre midfielder. Okay. So that's how far it is yeah, yeah, down yeah, the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Aberpa Biswas wants to know, if we fail to sign Sanchez, who should we sign, considering Real Madrid are the favourites to get Mbappe? So I guess what he's asking is, if we can't have Mbappe and we can't have Sanchez, who should we go for? this somewhere I've got an answer, but obviously I'll let you answer first because it's Ask Sam. It's not <laughs> Ask a well, this
1: Well, this is the thing... Well, this this is the thing where I've not been able to find out and again it was like the fourth right. But bag. what they're asking is who do you yeah, think? Yeah, no, I will, but Sorry. this is it there seems to be a little black hole beyond those two. Mm-hmm. Because as much as City are confident of getting Alexis, I would say there's a good chance well not a good chance, but a chance that they don't get him, and there's a good chance they don't get Mbappe. Mm-hmm. So who is it? Um but this is why I wasn't I didn't knock down the albamiang thing that much, because I don't think he's a pro, I don't think he's a he's a he's a target now. But I wouldn't be surprised if at some point further down the line
0: If they miss out on both of them. If those they miss out on
1: both of them and they obviously they still want a forward, I wouldn't be surprised if with a lot of things changing if it was him, and I've not heard this, I've been told if anything, he's not a target this year. But I still wouldn't be surprised if they don't get Alexis and they don't get Mbappe. He is he is the kind of one you would go to. And maybe later in the summer, Dortmund would want a bit less than they want now because they'd maybe struggling to flog him. Mm. Um, that would probably... I mean, there's probably others I haven't even thought of, but Aubameyang does make sense. in that, And that's why I haven't ruled it out completely. Uh, it's not happening now. These reports about them ready in a bid, I don't think that's happening. But that's why I haven't knocked it down completely. Because I think maybe in two months, if Alexis... If Arsenal would just do something mad and don't let him go... Then City might go, God, we need to sign someone. We need to act fast. And then that's when they start looking way down the list.
0: I'd I'd I break the bank for a uh, for Osman Dembele
1: from uh, from Dortmund. I know that he only
0: wants to go to Barcelona. It's similar to the Mbappe situation. It sounds like he's more or less told them that he, the only reason he joined Dortmund was because he knew that he they'd
1: sell him to Barcelona eventually. Um, but I he's the one I'd have. I've just sent an email actually, just because by the time this goes out, people will go and oh, send this. Uh, just in our email, uh, Zork, the Dortmund CEO, said there are no negotiations. Dembele will play for us next season. I mean, I know we were talking hypothetically, but just for people to know that we know, Dortmund are playing hardball with Barca. Very good.
0: Very good. It sounds like Barca are going to have a very difficult summer. Yeah, so, it does, not it? Yeah, it feels good. Hey, listen, Sam Price, and this is a good question as well. Does the lack of interest for Joe Hart show that Pep was right to move him on? Or are clubs just trying to get him on the cheap? So basically, is yeah. Joe Hart like is he is he popular or is he or is has his stock fallen to that point
1: where? Yeah. Well, no, it's a bit of both, isn't it? Because if if Guardiola had sold Aguero because he'd said he didn't rate him or he didn't rate him, not because he said it, you'd still have people queuing around the block to get him. So I think the fact people aren't queuing around the block for Joe Hart does say a bit about his stock having fallen a little. But at the same time, another part of it is clubs have got goalkeepers. I think I I think I addressed this on the last pod about the outgoings. Like, you know, West Brom, and I'm not saying Ben Foster's a better goalkeeper than Joe Hart, but West Brom has settled. And if they want to spend money this summer, they probably want to do it on a midfielder or somebody who can create a bit of a spark and make them, you know create something that is a bit more exciting for a Tony Pulis team and not replace a goalkeeper who's doing a good enough job. And it's the same um, at Stoke. They've got Butland who, they could stick with Butland and Butland could easily turn out to be a better goalkeeper than Hart. Liverpool, it seems they don't want him. Everton have got Pickford. Um, Hart's a very good goalkeeper, don't get me wrong. Um and I don't really blame his troubles last season on him because it's difficult to adapt to a completely new country. So I don't hold that against him at all. But he's not as good as Courtois. So if Chelsea replaced Courtois with him, that would be a step down. Same as De Gea. Um, Arsenal would kind of make sense because if, if, you know, if Czech's getting on a bit. But there's just not that interest because, one, because clubs have got goalkeepers already. And two, because he's not amazing. Is he? He's not a top level goalkeeper. And that's reflected in the market. But also, yeah, I think people are seeing, they know. They want hard, City want Hart to go so City aren't really in any position to say we want 20 million for him we want 25 million because clubs know they need to get rid of him mm. same thing with Diego Costa telling the world he got a text message from Conte that's dropped his value so clubs are just trying their luck a bit I think okay
0: Buenos Aires Blue asks Messi has a year left on his contract huh. inflated with the idea of joining last summer chances of him signing on a free next summer
1: no, it's gone now, isn't it? The messy dreams is the messy dreams dead. He's signed Is he? Well, again, if I was going to rip, if if I wanted to do a messy story and get loads of clicks, I'd say he's going to sign a new contract because it looks like he's going to sign a new contract, doesn't it? I don't know, but mm. it looks like he's going to sign it. But and again, from what I hear about City, I think the dream's dead. I think they had a good push last year. And again, reading this Mundo Deportivo story yesterday, and actually something else that uh, a lad messaged me later on, which I won't divulge on it. It wouldn't be fair. But I think City had a good go in the first six or seven months of last year. Um, and if it was ever going to happen, it would have been then. But, he, God, Barca aren't going to let him go on a free, are they? God. They don't want, they don't want to sell him ever. Let alone, imagine letting Messi go on a free. Until he signs that deal, though, yeah, the dream
0: remains alive for us Blues who do dream about it, and I'm definitely one of them.
1: Um, I'd, I'd want to see it. Don't get me wrong. I'd want to see that.
0: Makes sense you'd want to see it. Who, who wouldn't want yeah. to see it?
1: Uh, okay. Um,
0: bit of a laugh what's the best Brazilian or an Argentinian barbecue City Neil 69 Uh,
1: Brazilian that's been my most recent experience of one okay fair enough Uh, Watford away or Brighton away I haven't done done Brighton yet so I'm going to go for Watford because of the hospitality (laughs) okay Um, back to
0: some serious football questions Which, oh, this is from V Squared. I don't know how people get these Twitter names, man. (laughs) Uh, Which of the City youth will not go on loan and will be on the first
1: team? Well, do we mean on the first team as in? This summer, yeah. But like last year, like Maffeo and that, they were in the first team squad, but barely played and obviously went out on loan.
0: Alex, So let's use Alex Garcia as last season's season's example. So this season, who will be the Alex Garcia who stays and doesn't play minutes? You like my little joke there that
1: you didn't laugh at? Yeah, sorry. I was was, was too busy thinking about who it could actually be. Sorry. I hope people laughed at home. Um, (laughs) You suck it, (laughs) man. I do. Um, Because, again, there's there's so many big players coming in and the squad's... Falling off as it is, he's gonna. Promote- Let me ask you
0: some names, and you tell me what what you think their yeah, future will be. And all I want you to tell me is loan or first team. Mm. Yeah. So Tossin. Loan. Maffeo. Loan. Garcia. Loan. The three gems. So Fodden. Yeah,
1: I think they're going to be in the first team. right like in the first team is in. I think they're going to train with the first team a lot. Maybe a League Cup if they get like. Northampton or something in the League Cup, maybe. But then I can see, because it was kind of a weird time, weren't it? How Maffeo and Angelina went on loan in like December. It wasn't even the transfer window, hadn't even opened. Um, I could see Brahim going on loan in December okay. to Malaga. Ah, okay. I could see that yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. But give him six months with the, around the first team. Yep. So, yeah, the, the three gems and maybe Murich as well, because Gunn's gone, hasn't he? Gunn's gone to Norwich. Mm. So maybe Murich would be the third choice.
0: Ah, it's a good show. Because Pep loves him. Um, so this is a question off me. Mm. Um, oh, God. Claudio Bravo, he's obviously been linked with mm. Lil, who have um, Bielsa as their manager and, and are oh, okay. owned by I'm Gerard sorry. Lopez, who obviously is building an ambitious project there. They've just signed um, the Brazilian um, uh, striking prospect, Luisa Rao. Um They mm. they seem to be being very proactive, do you think that's a goer that Bravo, like if he's offered, for example, if Bielsa, the word is Bielsa wants him as first choice, Bielsa wants him as the first choice keeper there, do you think that there's going to be a willingness from City, from from the player himself to take that? Or do you think just purely, almost from a pride point of view, Guardiola and Bravo are going to insist
1: that he stays this season? At first I thought it, was, it would be a pride thing with Guardiola. And yeah, you'd think, and it, and I've I've made the case before. but like, it'd be a good number one if he does what he did up until last summer, mm. it'd still be the perfect number one for City. Fair enough, Adison might be better, because in theory, as well, he is he's got more to his game in terms of the it looks like that, like the goal kick basically. Um but it'd be a good number two, but I think there is I think there is a possibility that I don't basically I don't think City would be too disappointed if they did sell him. Um but the other side of that is, you said, would he be happy to go? And I think, well, I did the story before that he wants to stay. He's he's had offers and he's rejected them. He knows he's on a good contract, and as good as that Leo project might be, he ain't getting that from Leo. And he's also happy in Manchester because, believe it or not, uh, he gets left alone when he goes out. You know, if he goes out when he was in Barcelona or in Chile, gets mobbed because everyone knows who he is. Here, people are just a bit more, just a bit more respectful, give you a bit more space, don't they? So we, so. He, he, I think he appreciates that as well. But um, if City were to kind of go, this is a good offer, we think you should go, maybe he'd take it. And why not work for Bielsa? I'd be excited by that. And it, it's a project that would suit him as well. Um, it's it's up in the air at the moment, that one.
0: Okay. Um but I can see it happening. V Squared, another one from V Squared, because I like it. It's a good question. Of all the centre-backs we've been linked with, hmm. which of them are the most likely to join? Uh, and which of them are we currently in talks with? Now, obviously, currently in talks seems a little bit premature based on the way that we seem to be prioritising, but who are the centre-backs that you think, you know, this is not, I'm not asking you to tell us what who the club are actually going after, but what's your gut in terms of centre-backs for this summer particularly?
1: Well, again, this is it. I've I've, I've said before, and I've been told there were two or three, one of them was Van Dijk, is or was, I think he still might be in play, but again, a lot would have to change and there's no way they're going to pay 60 or 70, I don't think. Um, and then the other ones, so I'm not... And again, I've, I've run through the list of Bonucci, Laporte, Marquinhos, I think, um, that aren't going to happen. So if I'm, if we're just going purely hypothetical, people who I think would make sense and would work and people who haven't been linked but could, I think Nacho at Real Madrid would be really good because he's young, he's good, dead quick. Um not easy to get from Real Madrid, obviously, but there aren't many centre backs around there who are attainable. Um, and again, speaking hypothetically, I think Nacho would be one that City should be having a look at. If what we- about Pepe? Yeah, Pepe makes sense, doesn't it? In terms of because maybe maybe you'd sell Otamendi for resale value to boost, you know, how much they've got and they can spend elsewhere. But if you bring in Pepe for a season or two. Uh, You keep Kolarov as the fourth choice for a year. You can then get rid of Kolarov next year when his contract runs out and spend more of the budget on whoever then. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've still got Pepe, who who, maybe, I think the thing is, I think why he's leaving Madrid is because he wants two years. So maybe you'll have to give him two years. Um, But then you've got somebody there, you've got an option then. And then you knock Pepe down to kind of fourth choice get rid of cholera of and bring somebody else in so yeah again hypothetically Pepe does make sense and obviously he's got that kind of mentality and experience which you need because these players that you're bringing in a lot of them are young and Alves and Alexis they're not necessarily well obviously Alexis isn't old but they've got this experience and Pepe is right up there as well he's won everything
0: mm. um, Chris or at Kepi asks um, is it too early to discuss the summer of
1: 2018 <laughs> Uh Say no, no. No. Okay. because No, it's not too early because um, I think what the budget will go on next summer, and again, if they get Pepe or another cheap centre back, then they'll spend 50, 60 million maybe on a centre back next summer. But again, as we've said, with the centre midfielder looking quite unlikely as it stands, and if you if City can spend another 200 million next summer or 300 million and bring in 100 or whatever, you know what I mean? The net spend being 200, why not go all out for centre midfielder? next summer um, the names I had in my head were like Thiago, Cruz, Modric just go all out try it because if the rest of the squad's set and you've got forwards who are 24-25 they've been there for a season or two you've got Alexis and, ev- and everyone else just in there that's fine um, the defence is taken care of because you bought four fullbacks hopefully the goalkeeper's taken care of because Aderson's done well um, you've still got the attacking midfielders so you dedicate your budget then on central midfield so in terms of next summer's transfer window, I think a centre-back, but particularly a centre-midfielder, is going to be the one. But like I say, I was mentioning them players. The one thing that was mentioned to me was somebody more like Wanyama at Spurs, hmm. a proper Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but he can play a bit as well. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's not just... He's not William Carvalho, a big wardrobe. You know, he, yeah. he, he can get about... So I was thinking more like Thiago, a proper classic Pep midfielder. But I think, you know, because... He says he's adapting, he's changing, and he's getting used to the Premier League. I think that makes sense there to go with a, a big centre midfielder in the Wanyama mould. And I don't say necessarily him, but somebody like that, whoever that may be.
0: Uh, okay. Next question is from uh, Aaron Joseph Josephsberg, um, and he asked, "Will there be any surprise signings? We've heard the hmm. we've heard the same rumours, but report, reports were City were working on something special." before the summer, and I'm going to widen that a little bit. Yeah. I feel as though uh, almost every summer since Sheikh Mansour took over the club, you feel as though at a certain point when the transfer window opens, you get a version of this idea that City are working on something effectively. there's such It's such a small pool of players that you can already say that Messi, Neymar, um, Aladon Bappe this summer... Uh, Luis Suarez, Gareth Bale, Cristiano Ronaldo—these um, are the mark, these are the types of marquee players that you would associate with that you know the the type of surprise signing. And there was a story in Mundo Deportivo uh, two or three months back that Soriano and Bergkristein were working on a huge, huge deal for the summer that was going to surprise people. Yeah. So my first question is. Do you think it's just really easy for people every summer to go like, you know, all the Arabs are going to go big this summer, that kind of vibe? Um, And this summer, do you think there's maybe more in it because Guardiola's first summer after last season, or is it just more of the same, basically?
1: Yeah, but then it does sound like they really tried to get messy last summer or the first six months of last summer. So it makes sense that they're probably... I'll put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if they, were, if they were trying to get something big. I think there were two parts to that question. One is, are there going to be any surprise signings that we don't know about? And yeah, almost certainly. Because again, I w- they wouldn't even tell me the fourth right back. Yeah. So if they are working on Neymar or Tony Cruz or Modric, you know, whatever, no one's getting told that. Even the people in that, no one's getting told that. Um, but even someone, even the centre-back, because if, if it's not Van Dijk... I don't think anyone really knows who it could be. We, As i said, we've gone through a list of who it isn't. But the centre-back could be anyone. And it's like, oh, okay. Like Nacho, i I'll put that forward. If that happens, then that'll, that'll be a surprise. So there's that. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a surprise because we know quite a lot about their plans. But if they're going to sign nine players, we don't know who all of them are. Can I just
0: say, for the record, I don't think you've ever said on a podcast that we're going to sign nine players.
1: Not on a podcast, no. I think I've, I've, I've definitely tweeted it and put it in an article. Um yeah up up to 9 um if everything if they get everyone they want then it's, then it's 9
0: well this ties into the next question ian grace gracie boy blue he asks will the amount recouped on outgoing players influence the number of possible incoming targets and yeah. i'll expand that again and say would it be the amount recouped or would it simply be the number of outgoing players that would influence the number of incoming players due to squad restrictions in terms of foreign players, that type of stuff?
1: Um, with the, well, with the squad restrictions, like, you know, if if Nasri stuck around, then they just wouldn't put him in the squad. Mm. You know, if they had to keep him because they couldn't find him, they, they just wouldn't put him in the squad. No,
0: but as we stand, for example... In terms stand, of, I don't no. think
1: the numbers matter. It's more, it's more the amounts. It's more how much they can recoup. Oh, okay. Wow, um, okay. Because obviously, and this is why I mentioned earlier that I think Otamendi might go, and this is just my opinion, but if you're going to get a centre-back in, and not just that, but the fact they're actually selling Acho, actually not just loaning him out, but selling him, it Does goes... Does that imply that Unal they need, well. that they want money? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it goes to show that they want to get as much as they can from anywhere. Yeah. And that's why, if they sold Patrick Roberts, any other summer you'd think... No, that's way too soon. Learn him out again, or keep it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if they could get ten, fifteen, they'd probably go bang that in the budget. We'll go and get Mbappe or whatever.
0: We're getting close to the hour, but I want to ask you this because I think it's, I think th- this is connected now. So if I look at the telegraphed targets that we've, so the four fallbacks, yeah, and then uh, Sanchez on top of that, um, you're looking at what's what's the current. Net spend the current. You see what I'm saying? That the current amount it's actually not outlandish. So let's say that it's that on average it's been 40 for the first two for for Aderson and um um and and Bernardo Silva. Yeah, Uh, so that's 80, and then you've got your 40 for Kyle Walker. So that's 120, and you've got your 40 for Mendy. That's 160, and then you've got your 40 for um, Alexis. That's 200. Yeah, So we've got a gross spend of 200. Mm. We spent gross 200 last summer and we brought in nothing. So why would there be more of an imperative this summer to bring, particularly because the new TV deal has also kicked in this summer. So we've actually brought in more money this summer than we did last summer already. So why is there this kind of... It does feel like they're trying to free up... Cash. I'm not trying to
1: put words in your mouth, but does it feel like that? Yeah, I think they could spend 300 million, maybe 320, something like that. That's the that's the figure. 320 was one that somebody put to me. Um, and 300 has been knocking around. Um, again, never really do. These are the stories that kind of crop up, aren't they? In like yeah. April and May, are they going to get given this much? But it it seems like 300 could be the outlay. But as you say, if you bring in 100, 150 then yeah, this, but this, it doesn't It doesn't matter. And the, yeah. But I think that's why they're selling Coletti rather than loaning him, and they're selling Enes Unal rather than loaning him. They want the space to do a big, big, yeah, big deal. exactly. They want to get as much money as possible. And this is right back at the start. I said, when I asked about Aderson, I went, surely they're not going to spend this money on him. And they went, oh, are well, we valuing the market and all this? But when I was asking about fallbacks the other day, and at first I thought he was dragging me down a... A sell to buy kind of thing. It was, or, and then I thought he was talking about a budget, as in there's a, there's a budget for four centre backs. Like for argument's sake, 120 million, but the clubs are asking for 140, and that's why there's a problem. But it wasn't that. It was he was saying, and it was the same justification of Aderson. He was saying, take the four as an average, and he's saying if you get Walker and Mendy for a lot of money, but look at the other two, and if Dani Alves is free then if people say – he didn't mention any figures, but I'm going to say if Walker ends up costing £50 million, people go, God, that's a lot. City are thinking, well, Danny Alves was free, so you've got two centre-backs. You've got two full-backs there, £25 million average. We'll take that. Over on the other side, now I don't know how much they're going to ask for Bertrand, but you couldn't do that with – they do want Bertrand and they do want Mendy – but if Southampton start going, we want 30 million for Burton, I wouldn't be surprised if they start looking somewhere else mm-hmm. just because on this talk of averages. Because if they get Mendy, again, if they go up 10 million and go to 50, they probably don't on the average then to still be 40 for yeah. two left backs. So that's kind of how they're thinking about it. But again, this was mentioned in the same breath as, and again, this is this is somebody close to what's going on at the city justifying it. They said, look at the 35, he said 35 million for but. I think it was forty three, wasn't it, stated, mm. and then bonuses or whatever. But look at the the money spent on silver. But if you sell Nasri and Delph for twenty five, then that's nothing. So I think that's how people around City, that's how Cheeky and whoever else brokers deals for City, I think that's how they're looking at it this summer. They're looking at, yeah, we're gonna spend a lot, we're gonna spend 300 million maybe. But well, we're gonna bring but, in but it's net spend. Yeah. It's basically net spend. And yeah, I think that's how they want people to look at it, and that's why Danny is on a free. It's such a big deal because that means, yeah, you can not spend what you want on Walker because he's not going to do 60, 70. But it gives you that bit of leeway there. And I think at the end of the season, if they get everyone they want and they sell everyone they want, they might have only spent 150 million net and they have got rid of everyone they want and they've got a squad and they can be absolutely delighted with that. And they might have spent 70 million on Alexis who's got one year left on his contract, and people are thinking, what are you doing? But they've got their target. They've also sold players. They've, they've offset the value, basically. And they've done an average on players elsewhere. So if they spend 70 million on him, if they get another forward, maybe they'll get somebody young for 20 million. Mm. Just that, I think that's just how they're looking at it. And yeah, it's all, it's all being juggled, basically. So the, the more players they can sell... And for the most money, and this is why Otamendi hasn't really been linked with anyone since the Madrid stuff a while ago, that's why I think they'll sell him because he's got resale value. And if they want to sell him next summer after having another season like this, not going to get a lot. But if they can get €20 million, they'll take that and they'll put it towards whoever else. So, yeah, it's all connected. But that's why they want to get the fullbacks first. They're not really asked about how much they spend. They're justifying it to themselves and to everyone will listen, but they're not really asked because they need them and they need Alexis. And then after that, they'll see who they've sold. And how much for, and what they can do. Okay,
0: awesome. Sam, listen, I I, I wanted to I wanted to keep it just under an hour. We've just got a minute over yeah. an hour.
1: That's not not too bad. Um. So yeah, thank you very much. I hope no. you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. I hope, I hope people enjoyed it. There was a lot of heavy heavy wading to get through at the start of me talking about how how I write stories. But hope, no, if you listen listened to this point, I hope you got a lot out of it. And I think that's really interesting.
0: I think that maybe um, more than anything else, taking out of it the idea what you talked about at the beginning about the process of writing stories when somebody else has written them is something that everybody can take away from it when they read stories in the press. And, yeah. they, and it's
1: not just me, obviously. that's Yeah, what, of course. That's majority of other journalists. You need to check them out. Exactly. Yeah,
0: on that note, thank you very much for listening. As always, if you like what we do, go to iTunes, go to our website, 9320.com. Um, yeah, we'll be back very soon with another podcast. See you later.